Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And we are in the peak, absolute best possible growing conditions. If you want to start new trees, shrubs, grapes, brambles, summer flowers, perennials, oh my goodness, roses, this is the time. Your most success, this is unique to this this little bubble in the southwest where we get this monsoon rain pattern. And so now's a great time. What happens is in the spring of the year, everything is flushing new growth. They're waking up from winter, which is great. It's exciting, all that tender new growth. But it's usually very, very dry here. So it's the humidity might be 5%. And then there's a prevailing southwest wind, usually only in spring. Right now it's over. Now you get gust going around as the monsoon, you know, thundercloud kind of swirls things around. But that prevailing day and night southwest wind, always with that dry, dry uh, wind, that is hard on new, new foliage. Hard on new flowers. And so things bloom a little shorter. They, 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 they just, plus it's cool at night. You can get a 50 degree temperature swing between day and night in the spring. Not now. Now you can have 15, 20 degrees, but it's not that extreme case, which is harder on plants. So now is the time, if you're going to plant a new shade tree, this would be your best time. Uh, uh, fruit trees, great time. Even if you've had, let's say, a tomato plant kind of went south on you, it got vertinillum wilt or some some disease or spotting or bug, you could actually put one in right now and it would grow so fast that it would quickly catch up to your other, uh, other, t- other tomatoes in the gardens easily. Likewise, everything grows faster. Really watch those insects. So uh, blister beetles are showing up. Uh, Spider mites are taking over. So spider mites, the the plant looks kind of dusty. It looks dirty. looks like, uh, like, it just looks dusty, dirty. And so sometimes you can see some webbing. Well, if you take a close-up look under a microscope, you'll literally see thousands upon thousands thousands of insects working together to strip all the living tissue off that plant which makes it not look dirty it makes it look like like it's stripped like it's skeletonized and so that's another one uh skeletonizers on grapes uh you'll see some some holes showing up uh, uh, snails and slugs things start growing fast so it's a good time to plant because things grow so fast but you really want to be actively walking, participating with the plants in the gardens and watching after nurturing them to so you can get on things. If you let a, a spider mite colony or blister beetles, if you leave those go for even an afternoon, they will strip an ash tree. There won't be anything left. No uh, uh, mimosas. There won't be one leaf left in this huge tree because they come in by the hundreds and just they eat every single bit of foliage off this plant. So you want to be ready. You want to have things on the shelf so when you see that, you can get right on it. It's not like, well, this weekend, 
I'm going to head over down to Waters Garden Center. We'll see what the experts say. I'll put it in a Ziploc baggie and we'll just see, put it under the microscope and take a look. And we'll just kind of, we'll do it later. It can really get out of hand quickly if you, if you just wait. You kind of want to have things. So on my, on my garden shelf, I've got two bug killers always there. One is triple action. Triple action is an organic. That's just, it's my first line defense. Now, right now, you're taking out aphids. You're finishing up the aphids and thrip issues from spring. So there's, there's a few left, but that product, all organic, you can spray it up to the day of harvest, right on your cabbage, Brussels sprouts, up, up right on there, and it's organic. It takes them right out. I'm also spraying my pumpkins and squash with triple action because I'm forever getting mildew on those stone in my gardens. It's a north slope. Yes, it's got a lot of sun, but for some reason, I just get powdery mildew on my pumpkins and squash. And I know it shows up about July. So I've do, I'm spraying the foliage as a preventative every couple of weeks or so, and I won't get I won't get mildew if you catch mildew very e very early. So it'll have this white kind of spore buildup on the foliage, and so that's a bacteria that's eating the sugars out of that leaf. Well, if you see that and you catch it early, triple action just it coats that spore, doesn't let it spread. So you can really get ahead of it, and it takes out small beetles. Once you get into the big stuff. So there, I've, let's say I've got, uh, uh, my roses have got, uh, or, or junipers have spider mites on them. There, I'm, I'm moving up to the hardcore stuff. So we've got a product here at the gardens that are called Sayonara. It's, uh, it's, it's not organic, but it's the safest synthetic you could buy over the counter as a homeowner. And so it's highly, highly effective. I mean, put it in a hose-in sprayer, hose down that juniper, and, and you won't have spider mites. Once and done, you're, you're, it's over. Aphids on a rose or, or, or uh, grasshoppers. The ground is going to start moving out in Paulden, Chino Valley, Dewey, Humboldt, where the grasshoppers really grow big. Now, when that happens, you need to be on it fast because they will literally come over and just strip everything in their way. So sayonara, Takes them right out. It's a comes in a hose and sprayer, kind of ready to use hose and sprayer, or we've got a concentrate. So it's a little more economical that way. We're early. There's enough growing season left. We're probably the concentrate is the way to go for Sayonara. But it's a it's a fairly new product. We're carrying here at the garden center. It is so effective. I always have those two things on my garden shelf just to, to take care of things. I have fertilized everything in the landscape with all-purpose plant food. There's a 744 broad-based organic food, and it's cottonseed meal and bird guano, some, some iron, some sulfur, something we make here. As I created that recipe many, many years ago, it really, really works for our landscapes. In addition, while I did that, while I was fertilizing, I just also gave everything in the yard. I put three bags home of each for my yard. I, I'm pretty heavily planted, though. And so I took a bag of Humic, H-U-M-I-C, and all-purpose food, and I sprinkled everything in the landscape. When you're fertilizing, though, don't focus on the trunk of the tree. You really want to get that fertilizer out further, out where those outer branches of that large shrub is, out where the outer branches of those bigger shade trees are. At the base of a tree, there are no real feeder roots. They can't take up water. They can't take up food. They're big, gnarly, strong anchoring roots, lots of thick bark on them. They're there to hold that plant up straight, even in the strongest windstorm. 
The finer root hairs, the really fine white, the really very fine white type of, of roots, those are further out. We call it the drip line. So if you take your, if you stand up straight, hold your arms out, and your trunk, your, your body is the trunk of that plant. Let's say a big lilac tree or a big butterfly bush or a big uh, maple or aspen. If, the, if you, the trunk is your body, the outer tips of your hands are the, that's the outer drip line. You want to focus most of that food, the humic and the, the, the fertilizers, on out halfway where your elbow is and further out. If you just think in those terms, that'll be a game changer on how the plant can absorb and take up plant foods. And so they'll give recommendations. You've got a great big you know, ponderosa pine. I would fertilize those. A large pinion pine. Yuccas are the ones I would really, yuccas and agaves, be careful when fertilizing those. The way the foliage is set up, because they're native, their, their, their leaves come out from the heart of the plant and they, they erect coming out straight, they kind of hold upright. And they're made to actually bring water to the heart of that plant. Well, if you put a lot of fertilizer on this plant, it brings it all to the heart of the plant. Uh, it can actually burn the heart of the plant up, so you get too much. So there with my yuccas, things that have like a, that, that kind of frond type of, of, of foliage to them, there I physically take my hand and I sprinkle it underneath. I'm very careful to sprinkle it underneath the foliage at the drip line, but I don't want too much to gather in the heart of that plant, on top of that foliage, or they can be damaged. This is just, my name's Ken. We're just kind of friends, neighbors talking over the back fence, and I have screwed up my, my yuccas that way. Just, just trust me. Be a little bit more gentle or careful with those types of native plants. Everything else, uh, the pines, the the chase trees, the, the all the all the junipers, yeah, just go for it. Sling it around, use my hand spreader, and it's good to go. Got a lot in store for you, but I'll be right back after this. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, crepe myrtle, and purple verbena. Purple verbena is mountain famous for gorgeous summer-long flowers held over compact green foliage. This purple bloomer loves bright gardens, summer heat, and grows best in poor soils with less water. Go ahead and abuse this bloomer. You can't kill it. The perfect native perennial for easy summer long flowers. You'll only find the toughest verbena here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. All right, so Ken and Lisa Lane here at Waters Garden Center, oh, the Mountain Gardeners, here talking about uh, the landscapes of northern Arizona. And uh, Lisa comes with those 
garden questions. What are people talking about in the neighborhoods? And we are in the thick of, I think, the best of the growing seasons. Everything grows fast. So we see it here at the garden center because all the weeds grow fast, <laughs> all the bugs grow fast, all the, the disease grows fast, all the tomatoes grow fast, all the roses grow fast, everything grows fast. So that's why you put a new thing in the ground. It just roots out and grows fast. Nice. So you see things acting faster. So mm -hmm. we see more actually interesting questions this well, time of year. Hopefully, hopefully they're more interesting. I think they will be. Well, you, you'll tell us. So uh, we had a great backyard party yeah, at our at the Lane Casa. Mm -hmm. Fourth of July, had the, we didn't open the store last Sunday. Right. And we just said, hey, whole staff, bring your family, bring your significance, come over, stop by, we'll watch your fireworks and uh, have sparklers. It was fun. It was fun. It was fun. You had worked really diligently hard in the backyard, sprucing it all up and put a few new things in. Yeah, kind lots of trim some things back that were taking over. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got all these professional horticulturists come over uh, to your house. You should feel the pressure. They're going to come look at, and they're walking through the gardens. They're just mm -hmm. like, there's no path. They're just going, right. What's this? Let's see. Let's take a look. So uh, mm -hmm. it's kind of, it's that's what I wanted. It's good. Yeah. So it kind of brings up the point of it's still really good time to plant. It's oh, yeah. a great time to plant. Yeah. Get things established, get them in the ground um, before those cold seasons come. So it's great. Yep. So questions? Yeah, I think we should do that. Okay. Well, we're a couple minutes in, we should do that. Yeah. All right. Cindy's out in Chino. She has zucchini and pumpkins that now are infested with squash bugs. Oh, okay. Wants to know how do you take care of that much? That many squash bugs that have, are migrating in. Well, you can go out and hand pick them. <laughs> you can uh, got a few days. vacuum them. Uh, that's, uh, sometimes you hear that with greenhouses. They'll actually mm -hmm. vacuum them out. Oh, really? But really, you're talking about a spray. Mm -hmm. And so uh, there's several spray. You need an actual insect killer because you're going to grow and become worse. So every day squash bugs can multiply. Okay. And so they, they can strip a plant clean. You know, the, the, the pumpkins will, will shed their pumpkins. The squash will stop producing even zucchinis. So you really do want to get on this. It's so warm. They just multiply. And this is when they show up. Beetles show up this time of year. So what to do? Come in and get a spray. We've got a couple of uh, sayonara. Sayonara. No, they will be gone. No, no, okay, no. sorry. <laughs> Going into I'm my sorry. Asian, uh, all my Asian friends, I'm sorry. Stop. That was even a terrible accent. That was just bad all the way around. You know you like it. No. <laughs> okay. No. Anyway, sayonara. Takes them right out. Triple action. Your organics probably aren't going to be as good uh, for those, but BTs, sayonaras, they're going to actually obliterate your insect, but come in and take a look. We'll look at, it'll say squash bug on the label. Get that one, spray it out there probably this evening. And then sprays when it's hot out, probably not ideal to spray middle of the day. Right. First of all, it can be windy because storms, you know, the monsoons are here, but early morning, late evening, uh, less bees are out. It's less windy. You're less likely to burn. Uh, your plants because mm -hmm. sometimes they're, they're these are real light grade oils mm -hmm. and so they'll they'll just they just kind of wrap all that heat inside the the plant and so it can't uh, perspire as easily which means bugs can't do that either so it's best just do it when it's cooler early morning I agree late time 
All right. Tom is in Prescott Valley. He has a large maple that he loves, but he's noticing uh, the leaves are starting to yellow, lose their color. Uh, Just wants to know what's best to put on it. Well, Tom in Prescott Valley, is that what you said? Yes. So, Tom, you weren't listening to the show a couple weeks ago. I said to fertilize everything in the landscape. Come on. You can't just tune in once and then be done. So, fertilize with all-purpose plant food. It's got iron and sulfur in it. So that 744 mixture is made for this time of year during the monsoons to green things up. You see an iron deficiency right now. And so it's really the iron is deficient, but really it's your pH has crept up too high. So for Tom, just because you've let it go a couple of weeks, you just listened, reacted back then, you wouldn't have this. But now we're... we're responding to a a plant that's crying out, help me, I'm anemic, I need some help. Give it some chelated iron. So we've got a liquid iron here Mm -hmm. that is immediately available to that plant. I mean, it will green it up. We're talking by next weekend, green, it'll be beautiful. Uh, And then fertilize it. The food actually gets you more foliage. If you let it go, it'll get even more yellow. The leaves will actually shrink and it will stop growing. So this is pretty serious because we've got, what, four or five months left of the growing season. You could really have a healthy plant or you let it get stressed out and become ugly looking and you'll have no fall color. So that should be a beautiful red color, that maple, Mm -hmm. you know, in in October. And it'll be nothing but yellow and shed its leaves if it has even yellow. So get on this. You can have a great tree for the rest of the year, but chelated iron and all-purpose plant food game changer for anything that's even remotely off color. Uh, Everything in the yard should be fertilized with all-purpose plant food. Everything. Uh, What I did in our yard, we fertilized everything. And while I had that hand spreader out, I spread at the same time Humic, yeah, H-U-M-I-C. I was going to ask you your on Humic. That actually will lower, like it's lowers, mm-hmm. it's acidic, so it lowers the pH, so it'll green things up. So it makes the it, uh, it encourages the plants to root more. Humic, that's what it does. And then the food actually encourages the top growth to go more. So if you use them in combination with each other, you get more <clears> bottom <throat> growth and more top growth. And who doesn't want more bottom and top growth? Well, me. On your plants. <laughs> I don't need any more bottom growth. <laughs> I don't know, honey. Oh, trust me. Okay. <laughs> Okay. Well, here's an interesting question. This is from Shay. She's in Prescott. She has a Rose of Sharon that is just full of buds. Yeah. But the problem is the buds are not opening. They're just kind of falling off before they open. And she wants to know what's causing that. Well, I don't know. Could be a couple things. Well, it's like, Doc, my (laughs) chest hurts. What's wrong? Well, there's a couple things. So so what to look at. So they're hot. But but Rosa Sharon likes hot. They like heat. They like summer. So and they're blooming around town. So it's probably not the heat. It could be the irrigation isn't quite right. Mm-hmm. So as plants bud up, they get these flowers. Anytime they get heavy buds, fruits, or flowers, um, they're more sensitive to watering. So the irrigation's got to be more accurate. Mm-hmm. If that's off at all, the plant will actually naturally defend itself and take the moisture out of those fruits or out of the flowers or out of the buds in this case to keep the core plant alive. My guess is that's what it is. Now, what it could be, we get into the obscure gophers. If gophers or pocket gophers, if you see some mounds of dirt around that plant, it's gophers. 
The same thing happened. The, the gophers have eaten some of the roots. And so now the roots can't take up enough moisture to keep those buds alive. So the plant will actually rob the moisture from the buds and to keep it cor the core alive because it doesn't have enough roots. And, and then, so it'll shed those leaves. The same thing with grubs. Grubs are like a white worm. Sometimes they can get in the ground, eat the roots. Same thing. The plant will 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 keep its core alive. The, the, the mother plant's not going to die, but it will let its flowers go, especially at the outer tips, to, to survive. And so it's one of those. Which okay. one it is, I'm not sure. Come in and see us. We can tell you more. I would say start with irrigation, and then I would dig a quick test hole. Mm -hmm. See if you see white worms. If you see, if you see even one, you've got dozens and you've got an issue. Mm -hmm. And so that's what it is. You'll see them in lawns. We've seen them. I've seen a, 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 a what did I see? A rhododendron actually fall over because it had hundreds of grubs uh, at the base of it. Yuccas I've seen too. yuccas like that. Yuccas. So you'll see certain yeah. plants mm -hmm. are really affected. It could be that for Rosa mm -hmm. Sharon. But you don't see them until you right. start digging a test hole. See one come in. We've got a grub killer. Super easy to, to solve. Um, and then adjust your irrigation. Look for mounds of dirt. That's pocket gophers. Mm -hmm. So come in and we can help you. We like visiting with gardeners, but we can also help you think it through or isolate it a little bit better. Yeah. Out of time. Great questions. You're right this week. Ken and Lisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. We'll be right back. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, purple verbena, crepe myrtle, and pentas. Pentas are a butterfly magnet with super sweet nectar produced in starry flowers on 12-inch stems. She loves heat and wind with minimal care to keep the flowers coming. The large clusters of vibrant star-shaped flowers are stunning in pots and raised beds. A superb flower that outperforms others as long as it's hot. You'll only find heat-hardy pentas at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. I hate weeds. Monsoon rains are so refreshing, even my landscape comes alive. But so do my weeds. Stop weeds in their track in one simple step. Water's weed and grass stopper spreads like fertilizer. It kills weed seed before monsoon rains allow them to sprout. No need to weed. It's safe for trees, even flower beds, and so much safer than that toxic waste the big box sells. Weed and grass stopper. It's just $24 and only found at Water's Garden Center in Prescott. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. The mountains of Arizona, the prairies, just well, actually all elevations. We are truly, truly famous for three things. We've got pine forest that go through, that just spread throughout all of the mountains of Arizona. In fact, some of the largest ponderosa forests in the world are right here. They go right through here. We're also famous for our juniper forests, just wild, several varieties of junipers grow up here. Very hardy, very robust. This is, this is where junipers grow naturally. Whether you plant one in your own yard or you just build, build your house around it, I've got this magnificent 
specimen. In fact, I'm training it, pruning it to, to grow in my backyard. It takes up a quarter of the backyard. It's, it's huge. You, two, three men could, burly men could not get their arms around this thing. And I'm training it, fertilizing it to get it to be even larger. Then I've uplit it. I've got some art underneath it. It's magnificent. Junipers grow well. Lastly, grasses. Grasses. The grass does not grass, not weed. We're talking like ornamental, decorative grasses in your in your landscape. Not lawn, uh, not marijuana. We're not talking. We're talking not not grass. We're talking ornamental, like decorative, like pampas grass is the most famous of all of them. This is a huge, huge grass. It gets way above head high. The plumes are are as big as your head, and they'll have dozens of them on top of this this grass. That's the most famous. I would never plant one of those in my own yard. They're just too big, too aggressive, too hard to deal with. Now we do show them off in the landscape here in front of, of the garden center, uh, just because we sell so many. It's number one seller. You want to show people, they, you know what they're asking for. They go, I want one of those. I've seen them all, all around town. I want one. Well, here it is. Before I pass on pampas grass, if you want yours to bloom, really well this this uh, fall typically they're going to start blooming uh, end of august through the end of the year you need to fertilize so a lot of folks go it bloomed so well in the past what's going on well what's going on is it just ran out of food so phosphorus is what makes pampas grass that big plume come out so fertilize it now with the all-purpose plant food the 744 chuck it around the the drip line of that and then in addition, get a couple hands of super phosphate. It's 0, 18, 0, 18, that middle number. Middle number causes plumes, fruits, and roots. If you want big plumes, give it some all-purpose plant food and some super phosphate, and your pampas grass will outshine anyone in the neighborhood. It'll be, it'll be over the top, trust me. It, it's, timing is everything, though. Summer Summer feeding of, of that particular grass, of grasses actually, is best. Brings out the flavor, brings out the color, brings out the, the plumes of your grasses. Ornamental grasses grow exceptionally well here in the mountains of Arizona. For myself, I like native grasses. And so there's bear grass, like, like, like elks and bears. Bear grass is a native. It grows out in that uh, Prescott Valley all the way out to... to uh, Paulden, Chino Valley, those are those grasses that are evergreen out there, those are bear grass. Grows really well. I've got several of those. I just planted a, a blue grama grass. Blue grama gets up about knee high or so, but the plumes on this, blonde ambition, look at that, that specific ornamental grass. Gets about knee high, but the seed pod, the plume on it, 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 it's, it hovers horizontally next to the ground. It's really funky. It's really pretty. And it's native. Once you get it established, it'll go by itself. And so I put it on a drip system. Uh, I'll, I'll do that till uh, maybe next spring. Then I'll just let it go. And I probably won't care for it again. Every winter, I'll cut it back. Just kind of shave it back. So I've always got vibrant new green coming up. But they're super low care. Uh, there's zebra grass and Japanese striped grass and, and uh, fescues. Grasses grow better here in the mountains of Arizona than pretty much anywhere else in the country. A lot of them, 
animals don't eat because they're trained. Oh, that's out in the wild. I, I know what that is. Yeah, that's gross. Hey, hey, Fred, get, let's pass. Let's go to the neighbor's house and eat their grass, eat their uh, lettuce. That'll be better. And so they just know, don't eat that because they've, they've seen it, they've tried it, and it just left their, their throat scratchy and wanting. Ornamental grasses. The secret when you're planting them, because most of them are pretty deep-rooted and drought-hardy, make sure that hole that you, you dig drains well. So you fill it up with water and watch it. If, it's either, if the water's disappearing, you're good to go. The roots will reach down into that soil and become very robust. If it's just sitting there pooling hours later, uh, that grass might not do as well because grasses are they're pretty much you put them on the same drip, drip system as your trees and shrubs you don't treat them like a, a like a like a flower you treat them like a tree once a week twice a week watering good to go other than that probably over watering it and so that that's the secret and then don't plant anything right now in a dry hole so I'm, i've planted a lot this week but i dig that hole i, I add plenty of mulch and then I fill that hole up with water, and then I'm really I'm planting that new plant almost in soggy, uh, soggy hole. And I backfill around it, trying to hydrate the surrounding soil and that plant all at the same time. And you can too. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice, right for higher elevations, guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott gardening and you don't know where to start? Waters In-Home Garden Service comes to you and identifies what you have and how to make it better. Design advice, water strategies, vegetable and flower gardens, soil and food needs, and problem solving. Always problem solving. You'll instantly be a better gardener. All for just $200 of expert time with a coupon to fill your garden dreams without ever leaving home. In-Home Garden Consultations from Waters Garden Center. We can be at your home this week. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert, Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding, with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. Hey, Ken and Lisa Lane here, The Mountain Gardeners. And uh, there's some expertise. Gardening is part of uh, gardening is the more the merry, the more you get 10 gardeners in a room and you, you look at a, a situation or a creative outlet or you'll get 12 answers. It's just the more, the better. It's This is a very social gathering place. And so I think there's some value in having another gardener. I just call my pretty wife of 34 years in two weeks, mm -hmm. 34 years anniversary. I'm all set. I'm very excited. I've got the perfect. I, know. I spent all like two nights ago, like all night till midnight, just making your anniversary gift. I'm feeling the pressure. What does that mean? You're going you to love it. You're going to be giddy. No, I got to come up with something just as good. No, you don't. Yes, I do. Okay. There's pressure. I'll, I'll help you if you want. <laughs> <laughs> all men are the same. doesn't matter. 
<laughs> Never mind. I retract that over the airwaves. Don't listen. <clears throat> okay. I don't um, even know. So happy anniversary early. And okay. uh, so where was I going? You even got me flustered. Am I red? So Look at the stay, camera. Yeah. Stay oh. tuned to see what I got for, <laughs> and then I'll tell and you what I got him. The great thing I looked at, so we own a houseboat on, on Lake Powell. There's four families that share on this boat. And so our week, so we just rotate weeks and our week is our anniversary week. So I'm going to take you out someplace special. Blue Buddha Sushi. I love that place. Oh, it's the best sushi ever. Very so, good. Very, very good. Okay, enough of that. This is about you and gardening. Share some garden tips. I'm just here to entertain you and make you laugh. There you go. So usually we're talking about outdoor plants, what's new, what's wonderful outside. Yeah. But we just got a really great shipment of houseplants in. Oh, beautiful. And so I kind of wanted to highlight some of those. Yeah. So in this time of year, you know, you can have those houseplants out on a, a covered patio, covered deck. Um, you can certainly move them outside right now and then bring them back in in the fall and winter. So it's a good time to try some new things. Um, you know, with houseplants, it's funny. Now I'm totally distracted. We're done. We're just done. Okay. Uh, People have a certain comfort level with houseplants. So some people just say, you know, I can't grow anything. I'm not going to try anything. And then there's other people that just, especially with the kind of a new craze and our, our daughter is yeah. one of these, Megan, they're just really excited to try new things, things that take a lot of, um, not a lot, but they take more work than just throwing it in a corner. And, Artistry. Right. Uh, they're they're right. not just a pothos or a philodendron. They're yeah. actually cool. And they require neat, a little extra care. So, yeah. you know, if you're like me, I'm one of those people. I love houseplants, but I want really easy care houseplants. I want Chinese evergreens. I want spathophyllums. I want sansevierias. Um, things that rubber plant, things that I'm not constantly having to... Um, you know, clean up or worry about the watering, that kind of stuff. But not everybody is like that anymore. They True. really want something that they can nurture. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what I was telling Meg because she was killing some With nurture? <laughs> With nurture. <laughs> Hashtag plant parent. So, Death. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, Meg, you need some plants that you can really take care of. So she got really into uh, ferns. Yeah. And so we actually have quite a nice selection of ferns in right now, more than just your Dallas you know, yeah. or Kimberly Queen Fern. Um, we got one called a Blue Star. Ooh, that sounds neat. I know. It's a really pretty, you wouldn't look at it and go, oh, it's a fern. Um, but it's really, really pretty fern. We got some bird nest fern. We got some rabbit foot fern. Wow. Um, two or three other varieties that are just not your maidenhair fern. Boy, you want something to really take care yeah. of. <laughs> Maidenhair fern would be the one, but just a few different varieties of ferns beyond just your standard Kimberly Queen. And and if you're a person that likes to water, you like to spritz, you like to go take care of things. Ferns, ferns are, are it. Yeah, one for you. Great for bathrooms, kitchens, mm -hmm. more humid kind of right. of rooms. There are some rooms mm -hmm. that are more humid than others. Oh, definitely. So. Yeah. Um, we also got in some um, more succulents. Now most people think of oh, succulents. You just throw them in the corner and forget about them too. Uh, but there are so many really pretty succulents that you can put out that uh, if you have a especially bright room or a warm room, yeah. uh, front window, uh, some of the succulents would do really well in there. We got an Echeveria that they call Pink Rose. That's so a sedum. Echeveria is a sedum. Uh, not really. Okay. It's an Echeveria. Okay. 
I'm track. I'm not quite tracking. I don't know all the Latin names of house plants. It's, it's my in the succulent family. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so it's kind of a grayish, but it has a real pink edge around it. Sounds neat. Very, very pretty. Uh, we got some jades in. We yeah. got the. Um, I think it's called sunset jade. So it has kind of the red edge around it. Yeah. Really nice plant. Just good way to get color into your home. If Jades you... live forever. Oh, I mean, they they're do. just, they're great, strong, consistent mm -hmm. for decades kind of houseplant. That is true. Also for color, we got in some anthurium. Mm. So they have that real bright uh, red flower on them. Just and that bloom last. Is that the heart-shaped flower? Is that, right. Yeah, got it's it. It's the I'm Hawaiian tracking. state flower. Hawaii, I did not know that. Yeah. Sorry to insult the Hawaiians. I should know your state flower, but <laughs> sure. anthuriums, mm -hmm. you're a great houseplant for here. Right. And just really long-lasting bloom. So good yeah. one to have in there. Uh, we also got, and this is, I've only seen these a few times, but we've gotten a Hoya in that's a variegated Hoya. Oh, cool. Uh, really that's unusual. Pretty. That's rare. Mm -hmm. It's just a really pretty nice size one. So if you're into Hoyas or those kind of different plants, beautiful. Um, we also got in a... Um, Oh, they call it an arrowhead plant. I forget the botanical name of it. But you know, most of the time they're green or green and white. This one is pink. Pink? Yeah. Really? Really, really pretty. I think it's arrowhead donica is the Latin you name of the arrowhead. <laughs> I could totally bluff. You wouldn't Not know even. if it slapped you upside know. the head. <laughs> if an arrow slapped you upside the head. <laughs> also for color, we got a hypoestes. So we got pink splash, red splash, and white splash. So if you're not familiar with that one, it is a really, it's a foliage huh. plant, not blooms, but foliage. Okay. And the the leaves are kind of a variegated a pink and white. Oh, uh, splotchy or white, variegation, splotchy. just the outer edges. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Unusual. Yeah. I think that is, is that common name is like splotch plant or spot really? plant or polka dot plant or something yeah. like that. Don't know, but really pretty bright, bright colors. Um, so good way to get color into the house, uh, even if you don't do blooms. African violets. Of who doesn't course, love number one seller. A good. African How many did you get? Violet. Like dozens or just? We a always couple? try to bring. I think we're like twenty. Of okay, them. good. Um, assorted colors. Yep. So you know they're coming up. Used to be just all you had was the. Yeah, Once with the purple blooms, yeah. and that was it. Now they're pinks and whites and yellows. Variegated and, foliage, mm -hmm. bigger, smaller. There's so yeah. many unique varieties. Great in windowsills. If yeah. you don't have a ton of room, but you've got a little windowsill you want to put something in, they're, they're wonderful for that, just to brighten up the home. We also got, now, pothos is a... You know, everybody's used to the pothos and they're, they are easy to grow. Yeah. So if you're like, I'm not sure about these crazy plants, but I would like something pretty. So we've got the Enjoy, which is a um, little bit smaller leaf, but it's white with green variegation. Okay. On it. That's, that's interesting. Um, tends to be a little more compact, real pretty. Uh, we got Neon. So neon is uh, like a chartreuse green. Color. True, Kelly green, yeah. only brighter. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it really shows up in your home. We got some nice marble pothos in, the green and gold. So that's kind of a nice, easy care plan if you don't want to start out with a fern. <laughs> so pothos is that one that gets that really long trailing. Mm -hmm. oh, it's a vine virtually. Right. So you can, you can actually trail it around the kitchen if you wanted. Right. Or if you don't. Cut that off, and it'll just yeah. get bushier and bushier nice and, and bushier and bushier. Don't let it vine. You, right. just, you can actually self-prune it mm -hmm. to keep it bushier. 
And philodendrons. Oh, so philodendrons way. are another one that uh, pretty easy care plant for the most part. We got some monstera. We got the Congo green, which is actually I kind of like that one a lot. Real different look to it. Hope. Uh, we got Swiss cheese. Lots of different philodendrons to look at. So the my our daughters, twin daughters, did a sisterhood trip down to the growers, mm -hmm. spent a whole day, had lunch, visited different uh, greenhouses, and just handpicked. They're both houseplant nuts. Yep. And just kind of, this is the selection they picked yeah. and delivered this week. Really so nice if you like stuff. rare, unusual, different kinds of tropical houseplants, mm -hmm. no, first come, first serve. Right. So it's <laughs> hard to find. Okay, Ken and Lisa Lane and the Mountain Gardeners. Mm -hmm. Thanks for coming in, Lisa. We will be right back after these important messages. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Waters Garden Companion Plants for July are maple, verbena, crepe myrtle, and rose of Sharon hibiscus. Rose of Sharon is a mountain hardy hibiscus with anemone-like blooms. Each stem of this hardy hibiscus is packed with buds. She makes a beautiful informal hedge or screen and is easily trained into small trees. Available Prescott colors show in blue, purple, white, red, and pink for years of enjoyment. You'll find breathtaking hibiscus here at Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. Some things are just better together. July is the best time to fertilize with all-purpose plant food from Waters. But pair the all-purpose with humic acid and it's a one-two punch of garden power. Humic acid gives your soil organic matter that helps plants' roots receive water and nutrients. So it makes fertilizer work even better. Like salt and pepper. Coffee and donuts. And hey, you and me. Aw, thanks Ken. All-purpose plant food and humic acid, better together and only at Waters Garden Center. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So Lisa and I had a backyard party for the 4th of July, Independence Day, where we were overlooking the Dells above uh, Prescott Lakes area here in Prescott. And we were watching the Prescott fireworks that were going off above Watson Lake. And we had invited the entire Waters team over to our house uh, for a backyard barbecue. Classic Independence Day, back relaxed. We, we didn't open up the garden center for the Independence Day, just holiday. Gave them time off to be with family and friends or to come over and see us hang out. We had the margarita machine going. We had burgers and dogs on, potato salad galore, uh, chips, my famous pico de gallo, and just we had sparklers and, and just, just relaxing conversations. And then up on the deck, so it's a two-story house, so overlooking classic mountain house. Uh, we raised our family in this house. So we went on the deck and watched the fireworks. Part of this, we, you wanted to make sure that your gardens were up to snuff. And so here's a little technique that you can use, especially if you're going to have weddings or backyard parties, events. If you want, and for us, we have a lot of containers. We have a lot of roses. And so we were deadheading the zinnias beforehand, deadheading the geraniums, deadheading, taking the spent or pinching off that dried up flower, taking that off uh, a, a two weeks prior to that party. We just spent time 
picking off the old flowers and then fertilizing them with flower power. It's a water-soluble fertilizer, does great for containers and raised beds, and it brings out blooms. It'll make a, anything that blooms or fruits. It's made to get the most out of those. And so if you take those spent flowers off, those echinaceas, gallardias, geraniums, whatever it is, and then fertilize it, oh, about once a week, once every 10 days or so before your party, by the time, if you start two weeks ahead, by the time that party comes up, everything is over the top. They're just fully covered in blooms. Shrubs are a little bit different. So roses, we have quite a few roses. I wanted those to be, to bloom, be in full bloom when the party was happening. This is a bunch of, of horticulturalists. That, these are plant nerds. They love looking at plants and talking to plants and, and, and looking at your garden, sharing with their gardens. They just like that. And I wanted to share my gardens with my, my people. And so these are folks, they're asking questions. How do you get this to bloom like that? Here's the secret with roses. This is especially if you're in back, backyard like a, like a wedding. 45. Just think in the words 45. 45 days before the event, deadhead the flowers. Shape it. Get it back into snuff. Get it to the size you want. And then again, start fertilizing it with that flower power. That's what I was using because most of my roses are in containers, especially in the backyard where we entertain. Uh, in the ground, not as critical. There I'm using usually a rose food with systemic, but a granular form, but it works equally well with the, with the flower power, which is a water-soluble couple, a scoop per gallon in a watering can. Water things in, the plant just takes it up right away and makes new flower buds. But you can count on it, 45 days. After that, after you've done that, that pinching of your roses and you've fertilized it well, you can't just, can't just cut it or deadhead it. You have to actually cut it and fertilize it. Roses are very heavy feeders. Things that bloom a lot, they need a lot of food to pull off that, a lot of energy to pull off all that color and fragrance. So, but a rose, you can almost count on it. 45 days later, after you do that, it will be in full glorious bloom. I mean, just over the top. Like you can't see the foliage. There's so many flowers. So you can, you can just almost time it. So we're famous for the, uh, uh, the roses that we sell here at Waters Garden Center. Uh, we will have over a thousand of them land the last week in April. And, and, and we've sold most of those. In fact, we're now restocking with roses. And so that's how we do it. They all land the last week of, of April when we're kind of out of that frost date. And then they're all in bloom. And that's how we do it. Just deadhead it, fertilize it, get it ready. 45 days later, it's, it's ready to show off. Roses are, basically there's, there's four kinds of, really five kinds of roses. Your, your grandparents pretty much grew hybrid tea roses. These are long stem roses with one large flower on the end of it. They're typically very pretty, not as fragrant. There are some fragrant, but really they're just made to be really showy on here. Look at this, it's beautiful. They look great in vases and, and just cut flowers. Then they've got one called Florabunda. Florabunda is the same size rose, typical, you know, hip, hip high, hip wide. But, and, and the flowers are on a long stem, but it's not just one flower. You'll see a starburst, think, think fireworks. It's like a cluster of smaller flowers that is actually quite showy. 
Uh, it's actually better as a landscape shrub than just cutting and putting, putting, you know, bringing it inside for uh, for for cut flowers. So they're quite uh, typically more fragrant. Uh, they they have less issues typically, not always, uh, but that's a floribunda. So hybrid tea, floribunda. Then you've got grandiflora. Grandiflora is I can't make up my mind. I want all of it. Grandifloras are bigger roses. They get up to head high. These guys, they're very aggressive, very large. Give them some space. Uh, but then you've got long stem roses with clusters of, it's like combining floribundas and, and hybrid teas on the same bush. It's just so big and growing so fast. But if you want a shrub row, you know, something to keep the kids from cutting across your properties or, or some, a privacy screen between your neighbors or down that property line, Grandifloras are a great way to go. So you've got hybrid teas, floribunda, grandiflora, and then you go with shrub roses. This is all the rage right now. Shrub roses are less care. If you're new to roses, you know, oh, I don't know, my grandmother spent way too much time on roses. She just always had beautiful roses, but I'm not sure I could do that. You can start with shrub roses. Shrub roses, they're on their own rootstock. So matter, even if you blunder, and it dies back to the ground and comes back fresh from the ground, you're going to get the same rose, the same flowers. Typically, a shrub rose doesn't get the bugs, doesn't have disease, blooms more consistently, has more flowers, but the flowers are a little smaller. And so that's the way it's been in the past. Although we're finding, we're creating new varieties that actually have larger and larger flowers. Typically, a shrub rose doesn't have a fragrance, but we're finding more and more shrub roses that, that have fragrance. And anymore, it's becoming difficult to find, the, to see the spot the difference, even with a professional eye, between a, a hybrid tea and a shrub rose. Yet shrub roses are still far easier to grow. They come in a lot of different colors. You know, 20 years ago, all we had was pink. That was it. Now we've got all kinds of colors, so you can collect them. You could, roses are typically not once and done. It's You're collecting several with lots of different colors. They're all going to grow about yeah, four by four by four, but the flowers will change depending on the variety. The fragrance can change. The appearance of the flower, the depth of the color can change depending on the rose. So we're creating different colors of these roses based on the rootstock, what we grafted on that rootstock, or whether it's own rootstock, we did lots of variables. So you've got hybrid teas, floribundas, grandifloras, and shrub roses. Now we get into the specialty, and all of them grow really well here in the in the central highland area in Arizona. And you don't have to do anything fancy with them like you do in the Midwest. I just talked to a Midwest person at, at last week's class going, oh, I've, I'm going to grow roses, but do you have to cut them back in the fall and then put a cage around them, then take a bunch of leaves and insulate them going, nope, you're not in cold country anymore. Yes, we're four seasons, but it's so mild. We just let them go through winter. Winter does what they're going to do. We don't prune them in the fall here. We prune them in March. We let winter do whatever they're going to do, and then we clean them up, fertilize them in March. 45 days later, they're in bloom, just like you can count on it. We don't have the disease, the leaf spot, the get a little bit of mildew, but really not much of that. Uh, we, don't, we don't really get black spot. Some aphids, not much. We don't get June bugs. They're easier to care for here. Roses grow really well. The last two, before we run out of time, 
they said there were there were five there were five actually there's six so you had hybrid tea floribunda grandiflora shrub roses and then you go to climbing roses of course like a vine then you go with carpet roses they spread out like a carpet those are your six varieties of roses that you can grow and plant right now it'll bloom you can have some of your best blooms now through fall actually they last longer for you than any other time of the year that's roses in mountains of arizona be right back you're listening to local garden expert ken lane the owner of waters garden center he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. Waters Garden companion plants for July are hibiscus, maple, verbena, and crepe myrtle. Crepe myrtle flowers are intense watermelon pink, solar reds, and LED whites that cover this heat-loving shrub. Plant where you enjoy its beautiful multicolored bark and sinuous branches up close. The flowers show against forest green foliage that turns red and orange in autumn. Growing to just head height, every yard has room for at least one, and only available for summer planting here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lang. So this Saturday, this this uh, well this weekend, I'm going out to the Granite Oaks subdivision and talking to their block watch folks. I'm honored to be out there. There's going to be 20, 30, I don't know how many, 40 of you out there. So we're talking about the native landscapes. That'll be just gathering neighborhoods. I'm coming out, showing off a couple things. So looking forward to being there with you folks. And then this weekend, so starting at 9.30 today at Waters Garden Center, we've got a free garden class. And I think Michelle Hyatt's going to teach that. It's uh, planting better berries and grapes. So I'm starting to pick blackberries. Grape clusters are becoming very large. You can have tremendous production here in the mountains of Arizona, but there's a few varieties or techniques or fertilizing that you do to get the most out of those. And we'll be going over all that. It's free. It lasts about an hour. Uh, next week, the 17th of July, it's avoid these common pests at all cost. The bugs that bother you. And so we'll go over what, and then how to treat them. And then privacy screams. That one's screens and barriers. Those are always big, especially with so much building going on. You know, you you had that open lot to yourself for years and all of a sudden everything is sold and being built on. And so we'll show you how to create a kind of a living wall uh, to, to screen that out for you. So the, take a look at all those classes. It's at uh, watersgardencenter.com. That main page, you'll see a class button. Just look at that. You'll, you'll take a look. It goes through the entire fall. Through, I think, let me think here. The, the, I think it's the first week in November, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And then we take a little break, a little hiatus for, for winter, just because, well, it's cold and we're tired. 
save a break and then by january i think 15th we're back at it again so spring is starting to happen again that's kind of the sequence of classes here in the mountains um, facebook uh, it's also listed there under events so you can take a look at those classes i mean if you've take a look while you're there hit the like button for waters garden center so facebook.com forward slash water you know how to get there waters garden center i posted a uh a something went viral just a bug was in my garden a june bug beautiful iridescent green i just showed it off put it in my hand and went hey look what do you think people either went oh those are cool we used to tie a string around their leg like like redneck toys or ooh, yuck just reactions the number one reaction we got was a cabin i said which cabin do you like the most pretty mountain cabin had nice landscaping it just looked good it just went a b c or d and i thought i'll just try it it's not really garden information it's just asking people's opinion and uh last i saw it was like hundreds of likes or comments or however you look at that L lots of shares it's just wild the one that it's kind of most embarrassing I put a picture of Lisa and I, my, my wife, Lisa and I on the, just at the garden center, just a picture of us. That thing got more comments. What a nice photo. What a, we love coming to your place. Oh, thanks so much. I almost ducked my head going, I don't know if I should do this. I don't like talking about myself, but I just like showing off my pretty wife. And so it was a great, great post. And it is a family business. And so you kind of want to, this is just us, even our staff that aren't part of the family, are part of the family. So we, that's how we think of it. Anyway, Ken and Lisa Lane, throughout the week we camp out here at Waters Gardens and we love talking to fans of the show. If you find something funny in the yard, bring it in. We can help you ID it. If you've got a landscape project, you're not quite sure where to start, we'll give you ideas. It's what we do all day long and we enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in. Look. If your mom, wife, or mother-to-be enjoys dead cut flowers and the peace that comes when dining with all those kids, then by all means, take her to your favorite buffet rather than some piece of plastic. But if she really loves her garden, a gift card from Waters makes perfect sense. In reality, you're giving her 90 minutes of peace and quiet while she shops for her own flowers. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott, the place where people who love their gardening moms love to shop. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.